Welcome to EM Guidewire, brought to you by the emergency medicine residents and faculty at Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Core Concepts of Emergency Medicine. Welcome to this week's Core Concepts, brought to you by the EM Guidewire team from the Carolinas Medical Center EM Group. Today we have Dr. Zahner, Raper, and myself, Brian Allen. This week's installment is sponsored by Nausea. Nausea, that feeling you get when a colleague says, Hey, do you remember that patient you saw yesterday? Nausea. Now let's get back on with the show. This week we have a great opportunity to hear from Dr. Matt Reven covering angioedema. Hey Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So Dr. Reven, what is angioedema exactly? So angioedema is defined as a self-limited, localized, subcutaneous, or submucosal swelling from fluid accumulation in the interstitial tissues. Typically, this occurs in areas with loose connective tissues, such as the face, the lips, uh, mouth, throat, larynx, uvula, extremities, and even the genitalia. One location that may not be quite blatantly obvious is the bowel wall, however. But why does this happen, and is all angioedema created equal? Well, let's start with what the underlying cause is, as there really are two main types of angioedema. There's mast cell-mediated and there's bradykinin-mediated. In mast cell-mediated angioedema, histamine release is the inciting culprit. Basically, massive histamine release, typically in the setting of an allergic reaction, results in rapid accumulation of fluid and is often accompanied by other signs like urticaria, flushing, pruritus, bronchospasm, throat tightness, and even hypotension. In bradykinin-induced angioedema, typically the accompanying symptoms like urticaria and bronchospasm are absent, and the onset is often more prolonged. There may be no identifiable trigger. Within this type, there are two typical subsets, ACE inhibitor-induced and hereditary angioedema. With ACE inhibitor-induced angioedema, patients can present at any stage of therapy and at any dose. Wait a minute. So with ACE inhibitor angioedema, it can happen even if the patient's been on the medicine for a while or right after they start it, any time? That seems crazy. Yeah, so angioedema can occur at any time and at any dose, and even up to eight years after initiation of therapy. So if the patient presents devoid of other symptoms of anaphylaxis and they are on an ACE inhibitor, then I would assume the patient's angioedema is due to the ACE inhibitor. I would obviously stop the medication and you know, additionally manage the patient. Okay, but what about hereditary angioedema? What's going on there? So the angioedema in this case can be linked back to either protein C1 inhibitor deficiency or inadequate activity. Remember that C1 is the first component of the complement cascade. So the C1 inhibitor works there, but also acts on other enzymes such as calocrine. And the increased calocrine levels lead to increased levels of bradykinin, which in turn increases vascular permeability and leads to edema. Uh, you should suspect this is a cause in patients who recall a family history of episodes swelling. Now, there is a small subset of people that can develop an acquired C1 esterase inhibitor deficiency. There's only been about 150 cases reported in the literature, but you know, still something that can happen. Most typically, the deficiency develops in the setting of a B-cell lymphoma. Again, not common, but something to keep in the back of your mind. Okay, but now that we have an idea of what it is, how do we treat it? That's a great question. So I think therapy really should be directed at what you see as the underlying cause. You know, certainly if the patient is presented with angioedema and the setting of suspected anaphylaxis, then you need to act early in managing their anaphylaxis. Think epi, you know, give it early, give it often, and even consider an epi drip if the angioedema is that progressive. After epi, or in the case of the other underlying causes, there are a few other things that we can do. You can consider corticosteroids and antihistamine agents 
agents, you know, certainly these don't really hurt, but make sure you don't forget the epi if allergic response is suspected. In the case of ACE inhibitor-induced angioedema, the mainstay of treatment is really just stopping the drug. Often we will give medications in the allergic pathway, but this is more to treat a possible missed allergic response more than it is directed at the ACE inhibitor itself. What about FFP? So fresh frozen plasma has been used, you know, largely based on a collection of 13 case reports. However, to date, there's been no randomized control trials published on the use of FFP in angioedema. Along those lines, our tox team, including Drs. Kearns and Murphy, would be quite mad at me if I didn't at least mention methylene blue as a possible agent. So what about acatabant for ACE inhibitor-induced angioedema? Yeah, so I knew that was coming. So acatabant selectively antagonizes the bradykinin B2 receptor, working as, essentially as a bradykinin kind inhibitor. As such, it has shown some effectiveness in the management of hereditary angioedema. Usage in cases of ACE inhibitor-induced angioedema was based on a phase two trial in the New England Journal that showed reduced time to resolution of symptoms. However, the Cameo study group recently published a phase three study examining the time to discharge after drug administration based on airway symptoms assessed hourly by a blinded physician. And there was no difference in time to median discharge criteria and no difference in time to symptoms relief. So as a result, and given the significant expense of the medication, I don't think that it really maintains a role in the management of ACE inhibitor-induced angioedema, but for hereditary angioedema, a cabinet still maintains a role. What about the airway? What happens when things seem to be progressing despite doing what we've talked about? Yeah, so the edematous airway is always frightening, and as we've talked about, angioedema can progress rather quickly. You may find yourself faced fairly quickly with the need to protect the patient's airway, but with the tongue swelling that we have all seen in cases of angioedema, the act of protecting the airway will likely not be straightforward. My recommendation is to start with a fiber optic approach. You know, start the way you would in preparing for any other airway intervention. Preoxygenate the patient, communicate with them, and then obviously don't forget about pre-treating the underlying disease. For a nasal approach, make sure that you appropriately anesthetize the nares. After they're numb, I like to insert the endotracheal tube into their nair, like I would a nasopharyngeal airway, and then advance my scope through it. This helps direct the scope through the nose and make that turn. And if done right, you emerge from the tube with a great view of the cords. I then advance the scope through the cords and push the tube over it. Obviously, you are going to medicate the patient, but using this approach gives you a pretty successful first view, even if the oropharynx is significantly swollen. Sounds pretty easy. Yeah, but you know, this is the ideal scenario. You may get back there and see a huge swollen mess. So you definitely need to be set up for a backup. In this case, this means a surgical airway. Now in an adult or a child older than eight to 12 years of age, this typically means a cricothyrotomy. Various methods of this approach can be discussed elsewhere, but know what you're comfortable with and use that approach. Awesome. Great review of the potentially scary topic of angioedema, Dr. Raven. Let's hit some of the high points as a review. So angioedema results from interstitial fluid collection that occurs in the setting of either a mast cell release of histamine or a problem in the metabolism of bradykinin in the complement cascade. Allergic angioedema is most commonly seen with an associated rash. If concerned for this, start with epi early and often. Corticosteroids and antihistamines are often given but may not help. FFP can also be considered in bradykinin-induced angioedema. Acatabant can be helpful in cases of hereditary angioedema, but does not have data supporting its use in ACE inhibitor-induced angioedema. If airway edema progresses, you need to protect it. Nasal fiber optic approach to intubation is preferred, but make sure you are set up for surgical backup, just in case. So now you all should be ready for the next patient that strolls in with their tongue filling their mouth saying, I just took my life when it will. From the J. Lee Garvey Innovation Studios here at Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, this is E.M. Guidewire. Thanks for listening to EM Guidewire. Go! Be awesome today. Seems the out.